For more resources, visit rym.org. The Local Youth Worker is a daily podcast that's centered on five questions each week. Ranging from the practical to the professional, we're looking for answers to the questions you're asking. Whether you're in full-time, part-time, or even volunteer youth ministry, this podcast is for you. Hey everyone, this is Michael Hall, Director of Training at RYM. Before we get to today's podcast, I want to invite you to join us at our annual Youth Leader Training Conference. YLT is an incredible week of equipping, connection, and encouragement for you and your ministry. We're excited to offer two locations in 2019, Nashville, Tennessee, and Paradise, Pennsylvania. Feature speakers include Sandy Wilson, Walt Mueller, Julie Lowe, Duffy Robbins, and Scotty Smith. Registration for both locations is now open. Please visit rym.org training for more information and registration. Hey everybody, welcome back. Uh, we are talking more with uh, Cameron. Uh, yesterday we spoke a little bit about you know, how could a good God allow suffering. Uh, that's a question we know that a lot of uh, youth workers deal with. And so we're really kind of expanding that, that question, just dealing with suffering, dealing with evil, dealing with um, affliction kind of overall this week and uh, pointing people to Cameron's book. And therefore I have hope that shares his story and uh, the hope uh, that they have. Uh, Cameron, one thing that uh, the, the subtitle to your book talks about 12 truths that have been a comfort to you. And I was wondering if you could just briefly you know, talk about a few of those truths or maybe all of them uh, if, if we have time. Um, but I know there's 12 because sometimes you do hear people say, you know, I don't want to really want to deal with doctrine or theology. I just want Jesus. Um, and so we would see that as a contradiction in, in, in our circles for sure. But but um, it's interesting how doctrine uh, is what brought you great peace and hope and encouragement. So can you talk to us just briefly about those 12 truths? Yeah, I'll talk about that. And, and then to, you, to your point, you know, um, I think that people kind of have this uh, this negative connotation and association with the word doctrine or theology. Uh, and, you know, certainly people can talk about doctrine and theology purely just in academic terms. But I'm just going to tell you, if there is one thing that I would emphasize to youth workers based on my experience and having lost a child, it is that having giving kids a deep theological worldview is one of the best things you can do to prepare them. It's the single best thing you can do to prepare them for suffering in life. Because you know, the title of the book, Therefore I Have Hope, comes out of Lamentations chapter 3. And, you know, it, it, the Jeremiah, the speaker in Lamentations, is just, he's witnessing atrocity left and right. And in the middle of the book, the only really hopeful section in Lamentations 3 is, he says, you know, but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. And he starts to remember the goodness of God and the love of the God and, and mercy of God and faithfulness of God. And he... um you know, and it's and it's remembering the truths from God's word about who God is that, that bring him to a place where he can say, the Lord is my portion and therefore I can hope in him. Therefore, I will hope in him. So it gives him hope because there's nothing circumstantial that can help him. He has to rely on the the intellectual tools, the, the knowledge that he has of who God is in those moments. And so if you know, if you have a mentality of like, let's just give the kids Jesus. Well, Jesus is Jesus is wonderful. 
and you know Jesus also taught God's word. Um, we want to give kids the full, full Jesus himself did that as a rabbi. You know, we want to give kids a the full counsel of God's word um, because there are a lot of questions that come up when you're suffering, and and you know knowing the full narrative of God's theological truth, it it gives kids a, a well that they can draw from when their circumstances, their emotions do not do not suggest that God is good and that there are uh, redemptive purposes involved in what's going on. So that's one thing I would kind of, I would emphasize. Um, second thing I would say is, you know, in terms of the 12 truths, the book's organized into three sections. There's the initial shock, the new normal, and the long haul. I may just kind of highlight one truth from each of those sections uh, as far as going into the doctrines themselves. The, um, the first section is basically like when it first happened, it at first happens like ground uh, in the in the midst of a tragedy like what are things that really help and you know the first chapter um, of this book is it's called grace and it basically talks about having this just make it through the day trust god for the grace for today mentality so you know after cameron died we had to go back home and it, there was this kind of awkward and daunting reality that we were going to have to go into the home where he had died and we just decided we were just going to go right into his room. Like we were just going to bite that one off and, um, and just, you know, eat some broken glass and bear it. And, and so we went and we got on his bed and we were just like, what are we going to do? You know, like, how are we going to survive? You know, where do we go from here? And I can just, uh, you know, harken back to something that my pastor in Charlotte had said to me in a dark time when I was in my early 20s. And I was like, you know, we just need grace for today. Well, that's all we need is just grace to make it through today. A couple of days later, I saw a woman who named Angel, ironically, um, named Angel, who had um, lost a child uh, probably 10 or 12 years before we did. And anyhow, she, um, I ran into her and I remembered her because I'd gone to church through my early 20s at Red Mountain Presbyterian in Birmingham. And um, she said, you know, you're going to have to in the morning, just trust God for the grace to make it to lunchtime. And then after lunchtime, you're going to have to trust God for the grace to make it to dinner. And then uh, after dinner, you're going to have to trust God for the grace to make it to bedtime. And then at bedtime, you're going to have to trust God for the grace to sleep. And just kind of, you know, breaking it down into daily bread, daily provision was really, really helpful. And so as a youth pastor, when I show up, uh, at a family's house or at a hospital, or whatever, when there's something really bad has happened, um, that's that's what I tell them. I'm like, if you start to think about tomorrow, or a month from now, or ten years from now, you're going to collapse. And that's because God is not giving you the grace for those days. He's only giving you the grace for today. And you need to ask God and trust God for the grace today, and be really disciplined not to go beyond that. Um, so I think that's you know, in terms of what you say to people when you go to a hospital, that I think that chapter and that word is pretty helpful. Um, in terms of like the new normal, um, I, you know, one thing that that uh, if you've never gone through a tragedy before that is just, you find me very surprising is is how lonely it is. It's very very isolating because uh, I think the normal experience for a lot of people in grief is that they you know people show up immediately and then people kind of go back to their normal lives and whether it's true or not, you start to feel like people do not realize that you're in as much agony today as you were 
you know, three months ago when, when it happened or six months ago or nine months ago. And so you kind of, there's this sense of not feeling understood. And so I think that the, the, one of the chapters, the it's called presence another is empathy. I think that knowing that God is an empathetic God who's experienced the full spectrum of human pain is really, really helpful to know that, you know, he gets what you're going through. Um, and on top of that, to know that, like, talk about that. And this is something that I, I borrowed and I quoted, borrowed from Tim Keller and I quoted him on. Um, but you know, he talks about the perceived presence of God versus the actual presence of God. And, you know, it, it, we may perceive that God has left us there. And sure, for a lot of people in tragedy, they feel like God has abandoned them. Um, but we know that God abandons Jesus on the cross so that he'll never have to. He actually abandons Jesus on the cross so that he'll never actually have to abandon us in real life. Even if we don't feel him, if you're a believer, you know, Christ dwells in you and he, he doesn't go away. Uh, and so you're not alone. And that's something we a lot of times just have to trust and believe when we don't experience it. So there's that. That's kind of, a, you know, a new normal kind of mentality. You kind of have to go back, back to again and again. Finally, John, you know, there's one chapter called Service. And I think, you know, one thing, uh, and you see this with Paul, Paul in Philippians chapter one, he's really wrestling with just not wanting to be on earth. You know, he wants to be in heaven. (laughs) And uh, the thing that kind of enables him to, uh, to continue to persevere and, and, and suffering is helping out the church in Philippi, you know, his ministry. Um, You know, he says that to live is Christ, to die is gain. And, you know, the thing that motivates him is, quote, fruitful service. Um, and then you see that, too, in 2 Corinthians 4 and 5, this this ministry of reconciliation uh, really kind of gives him hope when he is, you know, despairing in life itself. And so I, I this is not something that I think it's something people should enter into slowly. Um, but I found that now being able to have credentials to care for people who've lost children. It's a real, it's something that kind of keeps you going. You know, it's something that that brings meaning to your tragedy, something that brings meaning to your life. And it is hard. It is hard. Um, When you think about the rest of your life, it's hard to find meaning. You just, I mean, a lot of times I say this in the book, but you can be, you can want to die without being suicidal. You know, I, I would have been so happy in those first weeks after Cam died to get hit by a bus. Uh, I just did not, I did not want to be here. I was not happy. I wanted to be with my kid in heaven. I wanted to be out of this pain. Um, and yet you're here, you kind of feel trapped. And so the thing that would kind of give me hope to, to persevere was like, no, I want to stay here and I want to share the gospel with people. I want to raise my kids to know my other children to know Christ. We have three other children. And, um, you know, I want to serve my wife. I want to serve my students. I want, you know, to see people come to Christ. So I think that knowing how God uses our suffering to give us opportunities to share the gospel with people and pastor to people, I think it's something that's really life-giving and hopeful for the long haul. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's awesome, Cameron. And, and really, I mean, just kind of the the broad um, theme there of just clinging to God's word uh, in the midst of, of suffering and how, you know, as I'm hearing you talk and just give these examples, um, 
the richness of how you know your tragedy, your suffering, your affliction forced you into God's word and to to you know grab a truth like grace and just dig down deep into it. And um, as he talked about, you know, grace just you know to make it to lunch and to dinner and then to bed and then to sleep and um, anyway, just clinging to the words to the word of God in the midst of affliction because so many you know as we kind of began this discussion, just kind of doctrine getting a bad name and theology not all that important, but you you know illustrating that this isn't just you know a book that's a bunch of commandments and do's and don'ts, but uh, this deep truth that resonates in the heart. Um, and again, that has been your hope in the midst of this. So, uh, anything else you want to add as we close this out, Cameron? Yeah, I, I, um, I just think that, you know, all of those truths um, and all of God's truths ultimately points to who he is and the hope that's found in him. So, um, so yeah, like it, God, God's word is not just head knowledge. It really is stuff that trickles down to minister to and comfort your heart. Hmm. That's a good word. Thanks again, Cameron. Thank you, John.